Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Is Spada Podcast, hosted by your boy right here, Anthony Spada. And on today's episode, I am joined by none other than Carter Good. Man, was this an episode? We discuss a lot with Carter's journey through life, um, his travels to Florida and doing a mentorship group down there, um, being a black sheep at college. Man, a whole bunch of stuff that you guys are going to find really interesting. That Stay tuned for the episode. If you guys do like it, definitely tag us on Instagram and share it out. Um, share it with a friend because, man, let's just get the podcast going. Um, so also, as you know, the podcast is teamed up with Morphogen Nutrition. Use code SPADA for 10% off all supplements. And I do have a few spots open for my online coaching. Go down in the show notes and apply in the link below. Um, so let's not waste any time. Let's get to the episode. Let's welcome on Carter. Good. All video, but I've been busting these out audio wise sure. at a ridiculous pace right now. <laughs> yeah, you're like you had like four or five people just this week, right? Uh yeah, I think I have four this week. Yeah, four. And Crazy. then I got like three next week. Some that's awesome, dude. That's cool though. I'm recording a cool uh I well I don't I mean I guess that's all the depending on the person saying it. I think it's just enough. I think it's the more the better. I think podcasting is coming from someone who doesn't have a podcast yet. Um it's I think it's like uh it's really cool how you can just like create a lot of connection even through podcasting and like have a bunch of cool conversations. Like that's just easier, right? I mean, because I'm always willing to hop on the podcast. Anyone's out anyone always willing to hop on the podcast. So Yeah, I think that's exactly what me and Sean were talking about. It was like you mm-hmm. make that connection right from the moment. Like if you if you truly and it's not even a thing of looking at someone's Instagram, like this is what I typically do. And I talked about it on the episode with Sean. I was like, typically I look at the Instagram and I find a few things to talk about. But it's not even going to that because those subjects end up leading to something completely different within the episode. Mm-hmm. And that's how you make the connection. Um, rather than just going point one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Uh, so it's slowly transitioned into from from being where I started was more one, two, three, four, five to now one, six, three, and wherever else it goes. It's yeah. like just so random. Uh, but it leads to so many better conversations. And you know, it's pretty unique what a podcast can do. And you've seen it because you live right with Sean anyway, and you yeah. record episodes with him. So you've seen kind of the benefit of being able to just talk for an hour. Oh yeah. I mean, and honestly, like um, it's, I mean, one of the reasons, I mean, I, I'm, I know you probably listen to Joe Rogan podcast, um, but yeah. I honestly love like the, like those longer form because like, I feel like, cause like you can have good conversations within an hour and um, especially like this is an introductory conversation. Right. But sometimes it's like within at least those podcasts, it seems like about an hour and 30 minutes in is when things get good. It's cause it's like when like the walls are down and you're going for it. So I know that like three and a half, four hour podcast isn't practical on like a regular basis for people, but it is pretty cool. Like, um, I don't know. I think there's like a cool opportunity. I know that me and Sean have talked about sometime soon wanting to just like sit down and just like let it go and just see what happens for like four hours of talking. Yeah. I've actually had, I've had a few episodes where I have unrecorded for like, man, some of them for like two, two and a half, like me and my best friend recorded for like an hour and a half. 
but unrecorded it was like a total of like three hours it was at like so cool it was at like 11 o'clock at night and this is kind (laughs) of where it got real weird because he lives like two he's two hours behind so like regular it was like nine o'clock which isn't too bad for him yeah and i was like all right we're just gonna hop on this and do it and i stayed (laughs) up till like 3 a.m and i was like where did time go? I was, <laughs> but it it's was, funny, but it was awesome to be able to, but I feel you. Usually it's like the hour mark is right mm. where, um, for me at least is where I kind of see goes a bit down and like, kind of like we get ramp up more around like the 40 minute mark and then you don't want it to end, but you had that yeah. at some point. It's almost like uh, the hour mark is what separates it from like an interview to a conversation. And like, you can have it in between. And like, obviously, I mean, I've seen your podcast. You're good at, you're like good at like asking questions and like actually having conversations. But I feel like that's maybe the difference is like one hour is like great for an interview, but then like hour 30 plus is like when you start having like conversations about stuff that maybe wasn't even a part of the original uh, purpose of being on the, the show. Right. Yeah. I think that's also where the DM comes in. Cause the mm-hmm. DM is usually kind of like the interview type thing um, from people oh, kind yeah. of like that, that initial conversation. So when yes. we get into this, yeah. it's literally just like we're doing right now. It's just a regular yeah. conversation where hopefully like, this is my goal. I'm like, hopefully someone takes it, takes away something from this. I was like, yeah, I swear. Sometimes I'm like, I honestly don't know why people listen to this. I just love doing <laughs> it, but I'm like, Man, sometimes I like look back. I try not to, but I look back yeah. sometimes. I'm like, man, what was I thinking at that moment? Like, that's, <laughs> but it goes a lot. Of, but like it coincides directly with fitness where you're like, yeah. oh, what was I doing then? And how have I learned from now and how different it is from now? Yeah. And I think that's something that you learned along your way. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Is incredible. Uh I actually first listened to your whole story on Sean's podcast. Okay, uh, really? What, yeah, so this is what kind of intrigued me to have you on because I turned into, I just graduated and I just turned, I was the black sheep mm-hmm. in college this whole last year. All I did was work, gym, or eat or study. I did those yeah. four things. And if it wasn't in those four things, honestly, I rarely did anything else. I stayed in my apartment and slept. Um, <laughs> so I kind of want you to go into maybe a bit of your fitness journey and um, say how maybe you got to that point and then we'll delve deeper into maybe that experience you had in college and we'll go from there. Yeah, for sure. So maybe kind of start like right before college happened, like yeah. whatever the initial weight loss journey for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah so a little bit like that. Yeah, so, um, you know, my fitness journey, I guess for like anyone listening, sort of like the 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 quick kind of quickish summary of it was um, I, I kind of grew up in an area where, um, you know, health and fitness really wasn't that big of a deal. Um, it, for my parents, it was, my mom was actually like a, like a, at one point was like a physical education teacher and stuff. Um, right. So she cared about it, but like extended family just wasn't a thing. Um, food was comfort. Food was like a big part. A lot of people probably experienced that with their family. Trust so me, growing up, I'm an yeah. Italian. I'm an Italian. Oh, you so. know it even. Yeah, exactly. So, being yeah. around them, trying to be fitness. Yeah. It does not work whatsoever. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but no, so that was a part of my life. And, and honestly, like for most, the majority of my childhood, um, I was always overweight, but I was never like significantly overweight to where it was like an issue. Like doctors wouldn't say anything about it. Like, I mean, it was maybe like 20 to 30 pounds overweight growing up. Uh, and that's the way it was. 
Um, now in high school is really when I started to, to gain weight and really towards the beginning of high school, like freshman, I think beginning of sophomore year. Um, so at that time, my parents had actually separated um, and it was a, a somewhat nasty-ish divorce early on, um, especially because it was a small town. And so like, like 4,000 people in the town I lived in. So like, it was like headline news, right? Um, and so that happened. And like, it's funny when you look back on things because um, that was the time I gained weight. And at the time I could tell anyone like I was fine. Um, like I, I remember like not even like being phased. I mean, I was upset for a while, but then I was totally cool with it. But then looking back, it's like so obviously clear, like what happened between the period of time when that happened? Well, I gained 80 pounds in like under a year. It's like, oh, okay. Like it's, it's funny how when you could look back on things um, and see things very clearly when you thought you were in control in that moment. But anyways, that whenever that happened is whenever I gained a significant amount of my weight. Um, and I pretty early on, um, having been that heavy, caught it and, and started to want to do something about it. Um, and so probably for like a year and a half, I was up around the 305 mark, um, my heaviest weight, and then um, started losing weight. And I did that in all of the ways that I tell all my clients and tell people now not to. Uh, for me, it worked. Um, I have a pretty addictive personality. And um, I was also, I always tell people like, I it was never, it wasn't easy, but I definitely had it easier than maybe a lot of people did because I didn't have kids, didn't have a full-time job, didn't really live in the real world. I just was in high school, didn't play extra, I didn't have any extracurricular activities, didn't play sports. Um, and so I was able to lose weight really quickly, similar to how maybe you were in college where when I was in high school, all I did was go to school, come home, um, just uh, watch YouTube videos like Hodge twins. I don't know if you're like, I remember, so Christian Guzman, um, I like was OG Christian Guzman like, oh, before, it, before his YouTube was even popular. Oh yeah. Right. So me and Ma me and Max shooting, like I watched, I think like yeah. all of Max shooting's videos, like, and yep. like I found them when I started my fitness journey and that like, yeah, it was like quick six years ago or something. That's six, crazy. Seven years so ago. Here, here would be a true test, a true test. Do you know what I am talking about whenever I say legends of aesthetics? Yeah, like, okay. yeah, like uh, Matt Ogus with all them yeah, and all That was old yeah. school stuff. So <laughs> early on, and you know, Scooby, Scooby uh, Workshop, like all those guys, there's all that, the whole YouTube crowd that was really early on um, was so, like literally addicted. I would watch that stuff all day long. Come home, watch it, go to the gym, um, come home. And like my nutrition during that period of time was like looking back, like terrifying because I went on bodybuilding.com and it was Steve Cook's like, big man on campus like cutting plan yeah but in my mind i thought oh well if i'm gonna need need to lose a certain amount of weight i'll just cut this in half and so like looking back in time i didn't know anything about calories at that point um i, I learned about like flexible dieting and all that through the youtube videos but um i didn't learn about it initially and so i was following this meal plan that I had me eating like probably like for 1500 calories, I guess 1400 calories, which I was, I was heavier. Right. And so sometimes when you're heavier, you can get away with it, but I lost yeah. a lot of weight very, very quickly doing that. Um, and later on that, that the, the kind of the neurosis neurosis or what will be the word, um, whatever it was kind of like the, the mental side of it where like I yeah, got yeah. so fixated on my nutrition and stuff um, kind of started the backfire back in college, which I guess we'll get into. But um, in high school it worked because I was solely focused on it and was able to lose a good amount of weight um, during that period of time. So, so I actually want to touch on something because this is far, this is far from fitness. Um, if I think I share with you my story, I believe I did. Um, so maybe partly, I think so. Um, it's at, I think I share, I might've shared the post with you. I don't know if I did. Usually I try to share it with every single guest. Sometimes it just bypasses me. Um, so 
I kind of went through, I didn't game weight, but I went through something similar where, you know, I went through like heavy bullying and stuff like that, which is why mm-hmm. I created this whole thing. Um, I almost create, I almost committed suicide when I was 17. Wow. And this is kind of where I relate to you in a little bit too, with this is I want to delve back into this real quick is when you said like, you're fine. Um, especially from like an emotional standpoint. Um, I remember being there in that type thing mm-hmm. during high school where I was always that kid who was really happy, the happy go lucky type person where I'd always have a smile on my face, but no one would ever know what's really happening. Um, and I kind of want to know, did you go through something similar to that when you said that? Like, those are like trigger words for me when it's someone yeah. said, like, that's fine. Like, I'm fine. Um, yeah. Everything's okay. Like, did you, go, did you go through that when your parents were going through that divorce? You know, I didn't really even have to, I don't think I really went through it until much later on. Um, and so, like, I'm kind of one of those people where, like, I don't know, like, it was a very delayed thing. And so, I'm yeah. not sure for you how, like, how much delay there was in that, but, like, that kind of went into like when I was in college was really when I started to have like a lot of issues with that stuff. And I think like um, for me, at least college was sort of like the first time when I had fully like accepted, I think like my parents divorce and stuff um, and just like what had happened and stuff. And so um, no, that's interesting. I would say in high school, even throughout like my, my fitness, I, I mean, that probably played a big role even into why I like dove so much into it was because it was like the first, I had like found something that like, I was really good at and like I was like seeing a lot of like results from and I'm like oh this is the thing I want to do right and so I just like went all in on it um and it probably probably helped during that period of time right um with with, like you know handling it all um was having that control right well I can't handle that craziness that's going on but I can't control that but I can control this thing that's happening right in front of me um and so that was probably like my first step towards taking back control of that situation um and then like later on I kind of like had to sit down and like really sit with it and um feel it but no that's interesting um and like looking back it's obvious like i i could tell like i was fine right um but obviously had some other stuff going on that that made it not so yeah i got i went through the same thing kind of like you i went through like that i went through where i just got into fitness um where i that's like what i could control so it was that Mm. one hour a day where it was really just me and that's it that was just me it's everything falls on me i'm in control of this no one Mm -hmm. there were kids from school that went to the same gym as me but they were actually kids who were building me up and helping me out rather than rather than tearing me down and those people i still talk to like some of them are still my friends um so yeah i went through that but i also went through something similar with you where i didn't fully I did deal with it in the time. It was like a whole six years worth of bullying. So that, that like the suicide was kind of like the culmination of it. Yeah. Um, but I didn't kind of deal with it until this year. Yeah. Where wow. Everything started to turn. And like I was talking with Megan, uh, Megan Davis. Yeah. Like um, that's when, when I posted that story that I'll share with you after we're done. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was kind of how I dealt with it like putting it out on here on the podcast and on Instagram was kind of my way of dealing with it. And it wasn't for anybody to comment. Um, I didn't do it for anybody's acceptance or anybody's Mm -hmm. feel sorriness. It was more, that was my way of dealing with it. And it took me like 
so junior year, so five years, so like almost six years for me to actually fully deal with what was going on. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. And yeah. like, and do you feel though that like, um, it throughout that though, like, and cause you look back on these types of things and you're always like, man, why couldn't I have like seen that sooner? Or why couldn't I've gotten through that sooner? But it's almost kind of like, um, it, it's sort of like wasted energy because it's like, everyone's on, it, it happened precisely when it needed to happen. Right. Like in terms of like the realization and making the changes. Um, that's something that I always get really stuck on too. Is like thinking through like, man, what, whenever I made, like, why have I been doing it that way for so long? Or why did it take so long to think this way? But, um, I think you have to learn to like appreciate those things because like, if you don't, then you don't know how far you've come, but, um, no, that's crazy, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate all the mistakes and all the things that have happened. And it's kind of like, I do get stuck on that sometimes. Like whatever, like nine o'clock rolls around at night. I'm just like chilling. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I just get thoughts in my head and I'm like, man, why didn't I come up with like this podcast or (laughs) something like that? Or like all this, like four years ago and stuff like that. But yeah. It's from mistakes I made throughout the beginning of my college and stuff mm-hmm. also that led to me creating this. So yeah. it's like, I'm happy that I'm doing it now. Then yeah. honestly, I'm happier I'm doing it now than I am doing it three years, three, four yeah. years ago when I started college. Well, it may have not even happened, right? Like it exactly. may have only been able to have happened because of those experiences. And so if anything, it's just that that's like, I'm a big believer in that. Like I'm not a huge woo-woo person by any means. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not like super, super spiritual or religious or anything, but I do believe that like the only reason that we make improvements is because like, it's like a combination of like, um, having enough things happen when that collides with like a recognition of like an opportunity. Right. And then like, there are some things where do people step up to the opportunity or not? And so like you starting this podcast, there may have never been an opportunity until the experiences. Right. And so, but you taking advantage of it now, right. And just going all in on it is like your side of like your side of the equation where you're taking action on those things. And so, um, I don't know, that's the way I like to think about it, but Hey, you're here now, like having this, this podcast and and making it happen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, let's kind of get into the college part too, because I think this is where I guess yeah. you would say all this kind of started and culminated. Um, so yeah. kind of take, take us through kind of, um, I guess, a little bit of your college experience and then we'll probably find some common ground because like I mentioned, this is where we yeah. kind of coincide and actually share For sure. comments. So let's get into maybe becoming um the black sheep i've had multiple people on here um casey orvitas uh Mm -hmm. she went through something similar um sam um man sam guaz um she went through also something similar with this and i kind of want you to go in through your experience with maybe becoming the black sheep yeah for sure man um so whenever i got to college um obviously like everyone else right you get super stoked it's like okay college is gonna be awesome can't wait to go and experience it um and for my first like couple of months in college like it was i was having a pretty good time um i was having an issue just like connecting with other people um and like being able to like dive into like the full college experience and it's funny because in high school at least for the most of my uh high school career I was known as like the weight loss person, right? Who had lost all this weight. And so then I went to, co- I went to college and no one knew who I used to be, right? Um, and I kind of was in the situation where it's like, okay, like you have this opportunity to be somebody new. Um, but it was almost like this recognition that like, I feel like I hadn't really become my own person yet um, until that point. Um, and so like, I just had a lot of, I think through that, like a lot of issues just with like, 
even like self-worth and like self-confidence and like my ability to be my own person. Um, and you know, the thing with college is like, there probably could have been an opportunity there for me to like really acknowledge that, but I was really good at like finding like pivot pivots to not have to face that reality. And so, um, after my first year, uh, so my first year I became like the, um, the fitness specialist at our gym and uh, worked crazy hours. So I didn't have to like hang out with people. I kind of just like locked myself in the, the fitness room and just clean machines for that whole year. Um, and just went to class. And then my second semester, I actually became an RA. So like you, like a residential advisor yep. where like yep. you're like, yeah. So, um, I did that whole thing, which allowed me to not really have to like socialize and like break into that world. Um, and then my junior year, I started to uh, work for my stepdad. Um, so he had a, he had like a business in the same town where I went to college. And so I started working for him and I got my own apartment and lived off campus. Um, and like through all, it's crazy looking back, like throughout that whole, that whole period of time, like wasn't talking to people, didn't have any friends, wasn't socializing with people, was just like kind of in my own head doing my own thing. Um, and it, it's funny to look back because I think I had a lot of fear wrapped around. I, I used fitness as the excuse. I would say, well, I can't go out and party because I care too much about fitness right now, or I can't do this or that. Like I can't, sorry, I can't go to McDonald's with you guys because I'm, I'm, you know, fitness and stuff. And so like, I kind of like use that in my mind as an excuse, even though I think that the real reasons were much deeper. Um, but then in doing that, I started working for my, my stepdad. Um, and around the same time, I started to really get interested in um, sort of like building my own business and doing this. Um, but I remember actually at this time, like I started to like have some like, some like small breakdowns left and right. And like, I would like, there's one time I called my mom, like just like crying my eyes out. Like I was like, I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't like any of the, the classes I'm in all this stuff you know, sucks. Like, I don't know like who I am even and, like had that full moment. Um, and sort of around that same time, I started to just, I kind of told myself, all right, well, you love like watching all these YouTubers. Um, you like fitness coaching. Um, at that point, like, there, like at one point I had like posted something on Instagram. This was before like I had ever posted like content for to, like share with people. Um, yep. It was, I shared like a transformation or something. I think Quest Nutrition actually um, shared my transformation on their page and it got me okay. like 2000 followers or something <laughs> crazy. Um, and then um, like somebody reached out and said, Hey, can you help me out? And so I kind of gave them some suggestions and then they came back three months later and like had seen a couple, seen some results. And I was like, okay, this is like what I want to do. Like I want to do something like this. And it was, uh, it was the second time. So the first time I found purpose was in fitness, uh, my own fitness. And I felt like it helped me a lot. Um, but then the second time, uh, I, I kind of like felt finally like, oh, maybe this is something that I'm good at was helping somebody else. And it was a lot different that time around because help being able to help somebody else do what I knew would feel so good, like was like two, 10 times as, as awesome as like my own fitness experience. And so that's whenever I went full into it. Um, and that's kind of whenever I, I started to like blog and all this. And like one thing led to another and I joined like this, I got invited to join this internship in Florida. It was su the super weird, like series of events. This is kind of like going back to what you said with like starting the podcast and everything. There was this, I was like in this Facebook group that um, was all about how to build your own blog. Right. And like how to make money from a blog. Yeah. Um, Cause that was still kind of, I mean, blogs were still like 2010 at this point, 2011. So, I mean, they're still viable, but back then it was like right at the end of when you would be like blogging hardcore. And I got invited to go down to this internship in Florida with four other guys. Um, and I got, they accepted me in and I went and that's kind of what really introduced me to this whole world of like 
running my own business and doing all this stuff and um, actually learning what it would take to like be a, like run my own coaching business and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, so I guess like the summary of like my college experience <laughs> just goes back to a lot of it was me like just fighting change and like being afraid to like really be happy with any direction that I wanted to go in. And so I think that that one was, I felt so right. And I just trusted it. And I just like went, cause I had to drop out of college to do this. And yeah. so I'm not the type of person who would do that. And so I, I dropped out of college to move to Florida. And I think that was like really the catalyst for a lot of other improvements in my life moving on from there. Yeah. So my freshman year, so I kind of, so I actually kind of lost touch with my fitness. So I had like a okay. good like year and like a, like a good year of, actually consistently going to the gym uh, between my junior to senior year. I played sports. So when sports season occurs, you know, your gym goes down, your gym level goes down. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I got to school, I kind of had what you had, the realization that I could start out as a whole new person. And I attribute this to my kind of alcohol problem I had past few years, which is mm -hmm. like, especially where I went to school, Penn State, it's a huge party school. Um, especially oh, yeah. when I joined, yeah. um, it was before everything kind of happened, uh, mm -hmm. this whole, whatever, um, you know, great four years I had there. Crazy. Um, and, um, man, what am I trying to say here? Uh, no, I went through a self doubt type thing where mm -hmm. I never really had that social experience in high school. Mm -hmm. So I took advantage of it when I was my freshman year, really? my freshman okay. through yeah. my freshman through sophomore year. So I took more advantage of going out and I would say it was very unhealthy how much I was going yeah. out. Um, <laughs> I talk about it. I went out like four to five nights a week. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah. Way too, way too much. Right. Um, but I got stuck in it and my black sheep moment happened this year when I went to DC and it's really funny that you had this because you've changed your environment. Um, yeah. so I went down to DC for an internship and that's when all this started. This whole thing started in a whole different, like state, yeah. different city. Um, and that's where I'm going back for my full time. So it's pretty nice to go back to the place where all the creative stuff kind of happened. Yeah. Um, but I went through that phase where I took advantage of it and then I lost who I was through that. Um, through the partying and stuff, but finding fitness again made me who I truly was. And that's yeah. where I came because then I wanted to help because now it's gone from making the podcast to making my own coaching business and helping mm -hmm. other people. So that's like kind of where I guess my kind of side of the story comes in. Man, I love that. It's super cool. It's funny how uh, I bet you could ask that like black sheep question, like that pivotal moment question to a lot of people. And I bet you would get a significant number of those people to say that it came along with a big change in physical environment. I just think that that is like, we get so comfortable with like the places that we're in. Um, and you know, some people are like constantly running, right? So there are people who like, I mean, I know people in my own life, I've even done this for periods of my life where I feel like I was, I had to keep moving to kind of run away from something, but you could also be running towards something or you have an experience that you would have never had um, within your current environment because of the people you're with and like the things that you do, you get, I mean, everyone's a hermit crab, right? Everyone has their own little routine. This is like a human nature to create their own little routine mentally and like physically in the world. And so when you shake that up by literally 
moving to a new place, it allows your, your brain to start like making different connections and thinking different ways and, and stuff. So it makes total sense. Yeah, no, physical, physical environment's pretty unique, especially being, so I've been in three separate places through the past year. So yeah. it's more, I was in DC, moved back up to school, which is three hours away from where I am here. And now I've been back at home where kind of all the stuff happened in high school and everything. Like this is the same room where everything occurred, yeah. which is pretty unique because it's kind of a center back, but it's a different being back here. Like there was a negative energy when I came back here and had to stay here, but it was also from the beginning of quarantine where everything That's, was, really, I was about to say yeah. where everything was really negative and it brought on the negative energy from the past. Yeah. But now it's kind of been, a center of positivity because I've been recording so much and all this stuff. And it's kind of been a center, kind of a rebirth of change. Yeah. That's funny. I, well, the reason I think that's super interesting is because um, whenever I was in Florida, so in Florida, I learned a ton about myself and like where I wanted to go, but ultimately realized that the opportunity down there wasn't what I wanted because it wasn't, I wanted to do my own thing. Right. And so left on good terms from there, but I moved back home to my hometown where like yeah. I slept in my bedroom, which was actually still decorated in the same exact like so it was like star so wars because yeah. mine was like junior high it was like star wars stuff in my bedroom and i i, I similar to you now i couldn't have, i mean I, whenever i did this it wasn't in covid um so this was like back in like the summer though but it was interesting because like i felt like i had come back with a completely different mindset um and like i don't know like it was very um it was the first time that i was able to really like timeline and like almost like live in growth like actually recognize and say wow the last time you were here you were not like thinking this way like you're a completely different mindset right now and it was like when i first started my business and i'm like super excited i was like putting in like 16 hour days right like every day all day long how, how much can i work and so um yeah that's interesting though but it's cool though to see that like you're back in that room where like you had some of your darkest moments but then like now using that literally the physical space to like create so much not only positivity for you but like now positivity for however many people you know listen to this you know forever right and so it's super cool yeah and um i just i just wish i had your lighting i just need the natural <laughs> lighting this room is dark as shit i just need i just need the good natural lighting here which yeah. I, unfortunately i'm not i'm not blessed to have um so other than that everything's kind of really cool yeah. right now because it's just like you said it's really unique to kind of yeah that's also where i did i looked i looked back it took me took me a while through quarantine to kind of look through it but yeah i looked back and now i've seen where i was four years ago when i left this room and as a senior in high school to now when i came back i was a senior in college um so it's pretty unique to kind of just do that full that full circle um, yeah, man. so that was pretty cool um That's awesome. but going to kind of um so you isolate yourself especially going down to florida um now how did that have an effect on you with maybe family and stuff like that? Like, was there separation? Maybe a lot of doubts that people had. Um, do you tell a lot of people that you were going down to Florida or was it very, I'm doing this mm -hmm. on my own. I'm not going to tell anybody, but I'm going to, I'm just going to do this because I want to do it. Yeah. You know, honestly, um, I, I felt like at the time of my life, like I was so like unhappy with like 
my direction in college and like just my, my circle there and like what I was doing that the second I wanted to do it, like I just went on, I told everybody, like, I was like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I feel like it was almost like I'm going to California to be an actor guys. Peace out. Like that was kind of <laughs> like the energy I'm dropping out of college. I'm going, I was super excited. And honestly, like thankful for both of my parents. So this is the thing about my parents' divorce is like, I have a great relationship with both of my parents now. Yeah. And I have a good relationship with both of the people that they remarried. Right. Um, it was just really ugly in that moment. My dad was a pastor. It was like, it was just kind of an ugly moment. Yeah. Um, what made it bad, but at this point had kind of already mended my parents' relationship a bit or my, my relationship with my parents a bit by this point. Um, and honestly, moving down to Florida helped even more with like mending my relationship with my parents because when I went down to Florida, it was like the first time in my life that I was surrounded by other people who were like-minded as me, who thought, who liked similar things. Like we went down there and like, we all like the first, there's a post on Facebook. Like we all had brought our library of books, right. And like all these like growth books that we had. Yeah. And so, um, it was like super cool to be around all these people who wanted to think that way. Um, and it made me realize more and more that like my parents were like human beings. Like, I think that was the first time I'd ever like recognized that like, Oh wait, these people who brought me in the earth are literally just me as older people. And like human beings make mistakes and it has nothing to do with me. Cause like, even though I knew that I wasn't the reason they got divorced, that's always in your mind, right? Like, what did I do? Why is this happening to me? Like, how could you do this to me kind of stuff? Um, and through that, like, I don't know, just like being away from home, being away from like, cause even when I went to college, um, I was still, I went to Marshall university. So um, okay. in the same kind of area to you, um, or I mean, same like part of the United States. Um, but it was still like two hours from home. So like, I wasn't like gone. I would go back every, oh, and for a while I was going back every weekend. Cause I hated, like, I didn't have any friends in college. Yeah. Um, but when I went to Florida, it was just the first time like being around and like even like the internship, like the, the guys who were the head of the internship were like in their late 20s and 30s. So they were like younger, but like they were like adults who had jobs. Like They were like, you know, running this online business. But like it was they, they treated me like I was also an adult. And like it was so weird that up to that point, I'm like, I don't think I've ever felt like. I was an adult until that moment. Um, and so anyways, being away though, I think from my family, being away from like just the area I grew up in, Southern Ohio, West Virginia, and like being in Florida made me recognize like, okay, there's a lot more out there. And it, it, I don't know, like it just really did. I think it was an important part of like my development as a person just to realize that like, hey, people make mistakes. Like just, and, and honestly, like just because somebody chooses something, it doesn't have anything to do with you. I think for a while, I almost thought that like every time my parents would like, the whole divorce was like, they didn't think about me. Was that they were thinking about me, but they're also just human beings and they have their own happiness and they have their own things. And so um, I think that, re that really helped, honestly. And it made me realize like I am literally the author of my life and like I got to decide what I want to do with my life, right? Because everyone else is doing their own thing for their life. Well, then I need to do something for, for myself and, and make this life you know, what I want to make it. And so um, Florida was huge for me. If I didn't have Florida, I'm not sure. Like, I mean, I would have found my way in some other way, but like, I'm, I'm always grateful for like the, the time I had in Florida. And it's funny because like now I live in Austin, Texas. Um, <laughs> th all three of the guys who I was in Florida with are going to be living here. So two oh, of them that's, live here right now. That's um, yeah, I might have to get uh, Trent McCloskey is a good friend. Um, he, he'll probably, you should, I'll, you should reach out to him to be on the podcast, but like he's living here. Um, another friend who, who was down there is living here too. So it's funny how like we're all back together again. Um, but yeah, it, that, that was probably the, the most important period of my life for sure. That got me on this path of like positivity and like self-growth. You know, I think I, I went through, man, this is really, this is really funny because I went through the exact same thing when I moved down there, when I was down <laughs> in DC for the summer, 
um, being away and being in an actual internship where, yeah, I mean, working a nine to five is not exactly what I want to do, but working, but you know, with where I was going with college and everything, it lined up exactly. The company took a chance on me out of nowhere. Um, so it really made me, and actually working that type of lifestyle made me realize what type of sacrifices my mom might've made back. Yeah. Like maybe some decisions they made when I was a kid yeah. um, compared and some freedoms they gave up to actually help us get through some things, uh, which is really interesting because you went through that exact same thing in a different state as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, sometimes we always get stuck in, mm-hmm. it's always a why. I think this is it. It's always a to us thing and not yeah. like, I remember you bringing this up. I saw this actually on one of your posts is, um, this is exactly what you're saying is stop thinking about things that are happening to you and start, ha- start thinking about things that are happening for you. Yeah. Um, so it's more like maybe maybe the divorce was for you because it might've bettered you. Uh, maybe yeah. some things like, like looking back, all the bad things that happened to me were for me mm-hmm. to grow into what I am today. Like, I think a lot of yeah. people struggle with, they always think, Oh, the woe is me type of uh, yeah. environment that, you know, I think social media has played a large part in, mm-hmm. uh, but it's more, you got to think, nah, these things are happening for me and be, and then yeah. use those as kind of your driving force to do things. Yeah. I think what it is too is um, like mentally in your own head, like that's the best, that's how you have to approach those situations. And I'll even say this, um, like I'm actually naturally at times a pessimistic person. So that's something I have to fight a lot because um, I'm not just naturally just like happy-go-lucky, enthusiastic, yeah. optimistic, everything's going to work out. Like I'm the guy who's saying, I'm like sometimes like my brain is like going Eeyore mode and I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't know guys, I don't know if this is going to work. Um, that's something I've had to work on with myself. But um, like what you said, I think also, um, and I think I talked about this in a post too, I'm pretty sure is, um, it's actually a, a big sign. No, this is a Mark Manson post. This is a Mark Manson thing. I think I got this from his Instagram, but I shared it on my story or, or something. It's like the biggest sign of like narcissism is like assuming that like uh, everything, um, what is it? It's, oh shoot. It's like, it's assuming that everything that people do is against you. Right. And it's forgetting that everyone's like, um, it's almost like the spot actually in psychology, it's called the spotlight effect. Yeah. Right. Where everyone thinks that like they're in their own movie and everyone else is just a supporting actor in their movie. And so everything everyone else does is against like either against you or for you specifically. It's kind of like a very narcissistic way to think about (laughs) life because you assume that you're the most important thing in, in this world. Um, and so I think Florida helped with that too, realizing, Oh wow, there's a lot of other people living their life. But I think once you get out of your own head and realize, wait, a minute like you are your life like like people aren't are in charge of their own lives like they're doing things for for themselves and they're not just purposely trying to like hurt you or anything like that um they're looking out for themselves i think that really allowed me to one not hold as many grudges um recognizing that it wasn't about me but then two really like recognize like i gotta like make decisions like it's like yolo right like you only live once like i need to like make the decisions i want to make and i can't worry about what other people are going to think i can't worry about like what other people are going to do because like if i don't do what's right for me then i'm just i'm going to constantly be stuck in this i don't know who i am i don't know what my life's about or something and so um yeah no that's interesting yeah and something came up to me because you mentioned joe rogan before and i remember 
I have I have these like playlists on YouTube that have like motivations either for workouts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the videos is from Joe Rogan. And it's like um, you are the hero of your own story. It's yeah. like you have to make the choices that you want to do because it's your it's your responsibility in your life to be happy. Mm-hmm. Like like yes, the other people surrounding you have an effect like your environment but you are putting yourself in that environment Mm -hmm. it's not anybody else's fault but yourself and you're you're the reason you're going to get out of it um it may be from the help but your decisions now in this moment dictate the next chapter yeah you're going to go next yeah Uh, so I love that. And I think it's also kind of like a very abundant type mindset type of thinking um, because, and this is actually something. So whenever I coach clients, I work with a lot of like moms, right? So in their thirties and forties and for them, one of the hardest parts of like taking care of their health and fitness is finding, finding the time to make it happen. And because they have a lot, I mean, I've, can, so many clients in the past who've like had guilt associated with like working out or like cooking healthier meals, right. Or doing these things and like reminding them that like, you can only give what you have, right. It's like the whole, the old saying of you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think this is the same here. It's like the whole idea of doing things for yourself or choosing your own life isn't to like hurt other people. And it's, it's more so like you can't give your best to other people unless you are taking care of yourself, whether that's with health and fitness, right? Which is probably a reason why we're both really into it. Cause it's one of those things that can literally make you, you better as a person physically and mentally. Um, but even like, just like making big decisions that like don't necessarily align with maybe other people's expectations of what you're doing and just like choosing what really works for you because you're never going to, if you're not living your best life, you can't be um, a part of somebody else's best life, if that makes sense. And so going back to even like the parents thing, like, you know, when they talk about this, like you can't like show up for your kids or your spouse um, the same way if you are like only running at 60%, um, you know, from a health and fitness standpoint even, right? Um, So yeah, no, no, I get that. And I think a lot of people also, you kind of triggered something here. A lot of people always get stuck too on fitness with the going out part. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one thing I always see people, at least some of my clients, they struggle with, they always message me like right before they go out. They're like, or the day they're going to go out. I'm like, yeah. just lower your calories throughout the day. I'm like, yeah. everything else will be fine. You're all good. Yeah. Like, you know exactly what to do. Um, mm-hmm. But they freak out because they think, especially when they start signing up for a coach, um, they want to, they want to be on their plan all the time. Um, and people get frustrated by either going off plan or actually making it a possible way to stay on plan by with going out. Um, yeah. Cause there's a lot of tips I give, like, especially for me, someone who's more serious into bodybuilding, Mm -hmm. I honestly just bring a packed meal. I really could care less what I'm doing. Um, but that's just up to me. So it stays me in the social situation. I actually went out for the first time ever with my roommates when I was moving out from my, my apartment and I went out and didn't have a single drink, but that's just cause yeah. the whole problem before. And I was like, yeah. it's a pretty momentous and, moment. Yeah. But it's what I you didn't miss, for yourself, yeah. but I didn't miss a moment with my friends because I let my goals kind of stop it. I just yeah. made plans that worked with me and I still yeah. allowed to go out to a bar. I didn't drink. I still enjoyed mm-hmm. 
But yeah. you, know, you always can have that diet soda and make it look like a drink, guys, if you didn't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's, oh, I'm glad that you bring this up because I think a lot of times people think that they're expected to like maybe go out and drink and stuff when maybe they actually don't want to or they actually don't want to like order the meal just because they're going to McDonald's. It's like maybe they don't want to have that meal. So one of my big things is I'm really big on getting people to, especially with fitness, to create realistic expectations for themselves and be really honest about what it is they're trying to do. Because I think a lot of people, so for example, you just said that like you're in the, you're really in the bodybuilding right now. And I've been seeing your progress photos. So you're like killing it right now, right? Yeah. You're really into <laughs> it and making moves. If I'm working with like a 35 year old mom, they don't, they're not trying to be a bikini yeah. competitor, but sometimes they are trying to be disciplined like a bikini competitor. And so my big thing is there, there's obviously a time and a place early on where you're helping people like develop better habits. And it's, it's, you might lean more into like not obsessed, but like the very in, intensive focused on your health yep. and fitness for a while. But my big thing is always recognizing that situation. So going out, right. If I got a text from a client and they said, Hey, last minute, we're going out to eat. The question I would ask personally would say, hey, cool. So what's the main goal? To, like, what's the goal right now tonight? Like, is your goal you want to like keep pushing forward with your progress or is your goal to make like to enjoy the moment more and like in terms of like do what everyone else is doing, right? Um, and I'll ask them that and, and I'll say, you know, sometimes it's okay to not make the fitness focused decision. It's okay to go over your calories tonight. And, and, and if, if you're, but the thing is, is if you're okay with it, are you okay with slightly delaying your progress? Cause if you are, then let's do this, right? Cause let's remember why we're doing this in the first place. And a lot of times when I'm working with people who they're not, they don't have a specific fitness goal. They're just trying to look better, feel better, feel more confident, feel more in control. I'm like, well, let this be an opportunity for you to trust yourself to actually just eat more calories, you know, have a couple of drinks if you really want it and be okay with the fact that tonight the goal isn't fitness, trusting yourself that you'll get back on track, right? Like you'll be back yeah. on track if this is that important to you, right? So I think a lot of times it's like a trust issue with people. They think that the second they fall off track once, then they're like, they're screwed, right? Where I'm like, give yourself more credit than that. Like if you go in with that mindset, then yeah, you're probably going to do that. But like, why not just really trust yourself to enjoy yourself, have fun. And, and obviously sometimes we may have like mindfulness strategies around like, hey, like have a drink, wait a little bit, and then decide, do you really want another one? Um, but just depending, I mean, that, that's really what I'm about. And I've made that shift a lot in the last couple of years, even with my advice with, with like clients is like helping them think about like, what are you really trying to do? And like, how, and like, how big of a priority do you need to make this right now? Cause um, I don't know. I, I'm really big on helping people be realistic with their fitness goals. And like, I want fitness to be only a positive part of your life and it should never be taking away from your life. And if it does, then there's something wrong. And there's, there's a, a middle ground there that we need to find. Yeah. I, I think, especially when you get that text, it's not only from, they trust you so much, but it's yeah. also you kind of giving them that sense of a stress relief. Yeah. Which, Actually, more so, the stress of hiding something like a night out is going to have more of a detriment than you just going out and enjoying yourself. Um, I, I have, agree. I have more lifestyle clients myself, and that's like the one thing. My, my buddy said he was going on vacation. Um, it was like a last-minute thing. He told me he was like, he forgot to mention it to me. And I was like, or he was going to like the beach, so it's like a two-hour drive for us to the beach. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know what? I packed all my meals. I'm really want to make change. But he's like, I was like, you know what? Go enjoy yourself. You're with family. Just go enjoy yourself yeah. for the weekend. But he was like, 
you know what? I packed my packed meals. I was like, just stick to protein, kind of light veggies and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but enjoy, like have like one or two good meals. And he's like, I am also going to drink too. And I was like, of course. I'm like, you're at least yeah. telling me so I can give you tips yeah. of what to do because he was new. He was more like mm-hmm. two, three weeks into our coaching. And he yeah. and like it was on that. So and then, highly motivated right at the beginning. Like, yeah. But he made, yeah. but he made that point, which actually showed me that he's more willing to be disciplined down the line. Yeah. Than he would be if he decided to hide it. But also getting it off his chest, that's the point I'm trying to get, is it's more of a stress relief to tell the coach, yeah. not tell the coach. Yeah. Well, here's actually something funny. Um, and this happened, I actually want to, I need to create a post around this, but um, I've had three clients recently um, all go on, va- I mean, vacation time, right? And so they all kind of went around the same time. And what's really funny is all three of them came to me saying, okay, what's the plan here? Right. Like, because they're all stressed. And I talked to them and, and kind of asked those honest questions that I like to ask clients. I mean, like, what do, what do you really want right now? One of those clients decided, you know what? This is a vacation that, like, we've been saving up for. Like, this is going to be an incredible opportunity. Like, this is the first time, like, I've been able to take my parents on vacation with me, with my kids all together. I'm like, and, like, she, they're like, I just want to enjoy myself. Um, but I will track and stuff if I need to. And, like, for her, I said, you know what? let's just go in. Let's just enjoy ourselves. Right. I mean, like enjoy yourself every day. You know that you're not going to make this like a, a crazy eat up, like in your mind, like eat what you want, enjoy yourself, right? Whatever. This is not that big of a deal. You're making memories that are going to last literally forever. Like this isn't like I'm going out on Friday night. This is like a, like a, situ- a very unique situation. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. So that's what she did. Um, a second client I had decided that they wanted to go and just have fun and not worry about tracking or anything. And I said, okay, cool. We'll do that. And then they went in and then two days in decided, you know what? Like, I'm just like, I'm enjoying myself, but can I just like track calories and like just estimate calories just so I kind of have that peace of mind just because I'm really still motivated. I'm like, awesome. Absolutely. Let's do it. Right. And that worked perfectly for her. And I had somebody else say, okay, I'm going to go in and be perfect. I'm going to track all my calories. I'm going to stay exactly on track. And I'm like, okay, is that what you want? And they're like, yeah, that's what I want. And I'm like, okay, awesome. Let's do that. Then a couple of days in the vacation, they're like, Carter, this is stressing me out so much. I just want to enjoy myself. I don't want to go completely off track, but I want to like have some mindfulness. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, let's maybe implement some minor strategies. So for her, I was like, okay, we're aiming for um, like maybe like two bigger meals a day, like two smaller meals, like if we have drinks, let's start, we can have like two like higher calorie fun drinks and then let's like shift to other drinks. And as soon as I said that, she's like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I needed. And it just went to, it really made me realize even more like how everybody's a very unique individual and like you have to do what feels right for you. So for the first person enjoying that moment, putting fitness on pause for that week was worth it. Right. Cause they were going to get right back on track and they already have. Right. And, and we talked about that for the second person, it was realizing that right now they're so motivated by their goals that they want to stay on track. Like just because they're on vacation, they don't want to go off track. They want to, so they did, they're doing that. Um, and for the third person, it was recognizing that that was stressing them out in that moment. So just to say that, like all these three people, like if they would have got the same advice, one of them would have succeeded and the other two would have failed and then felt miserable afterwards because they weren't in control of the decision. And so um, I can't remember where we were tying that into, but I think it goes back to recognizing like how important is it right now to you? And like, are you okay with the consequences, both the positive consequences and the negative consequences of what you're going to do? Um, and especially with something like fitness, I mean, I say it all the time, but it's like you literally can't fail, right? Unless you quit, you can't fail. And so it's always, everything can be a positive experience and you can learn from if you choose it to be that way. So, yeah. That's really what I tell, like, I have a, I have a sheet, like my check-in sheet, like mm-hmm. for my clients goes into like their thoughts for the day and stuff like that. Like, what do they think of themselves? Like they rate themselves. 
And I knew exactly, this was before he went on vacation, but he missed his macros like once mm-hmm. by, or he had like a piece of pizza and he missed his macros by once. And he, and he wrote on his sheet, he's like, I don't know the macros for the pizza, but I enjoyed it. He lost weight. So I was yeah. like, all right, everything's good. And he goes, and he's like, man, I feel like crap because I didn't hit my macros, but I'm going to get right back on it. And the next day he was perfect on his macros. And I was like, that's what it's all about. It's yeah. all about more of, and I had to sit down with him. And I had the talk that you probably had with people where I kind of took it from Jordan Syatt. I learned from him where he was like, you know, if you check off all the boxes for the day, you get a green check mark on the calendar. And if mm-hmm. you miss maybe one of them, maybe you get an X. And then at the end of the month, add up how many X's you might have had out of all your out of all the days. Mm-hmm. And if it's greater, if it's less than like, or if you have like 90% green check marks out of the whole days, that's what that means you're gonna have how many inconsistent days throughout the throughout the year. Yeah. It's yeah. more about adding up the consistency of it rather yeah. than pursuing perfection. Yeah. Because we're pursuing progress, not perfection. Yeah. And I even take it a step further and progress. I like the word progress with that, but I've actually started saying process over progress too, because um, with progress, it could be progress in terms of consistency, but I always say like, what if it's, it's really the process. The process is always the goal of the whole thing, because if you, if you get the process correct, then everything else will happen. The progress will come and you'll get the results that you want if you are focused on the process of it. So um, no, but I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand that. I understand that too for the process because that's what we as coaches do is we're yeah. supposed to actually teach you the process. Yeah. Because if you're not teaching the process, you're honestly leaving your client to hang for sure. Whenever, if they get done with you, like, yeah. Basically, they're not going to be done with you because if you haven't taught them anything, they're going to stay with you because they don't know the answers on how to do it by themselves. Yeah. Um, calling out all the shit coaches that do yeah. that because you should be teaching your clients and not just leaving them. Yeah. Uh, but that's what you have to do because if once they nail that process, then yeah. they go out and you leave them on their own. And the best part about for clients is, is seeing um, them actually succeed off their plan i was about to say that's like i probably some of the like the most proud moments i've had like in my life honestly have been like seeing a client who has worked with me and then reached a point where it was like hey like i don't really need to be i don't think like i need to be working with you right now like i'm like i know what i'm doing and i feel confident what i'm doing and like i love the conversations we have and like like but like you know i i think i can do this on my own i'm like awesome that's so yeah. awesome right so we were off board and then like six months later getting a message um because i remember this was happening with somebody who had like a lot of weight to lose but like i helped them lose like a good chunk of it like 60 pounds out of like the 100 pounds they needed to lose and then they went up on their own and they messaged me back and said hey just wanted to update you um i'm down 110 pounds now like and so like that like to me and like they're like i've been maintaining this for like three to four months now um i i, I feel good about the habits i have and like i've been meaning to message you and let you know but like here's the result it's like like that's it like that was like what i want this to be um so yeah i completely agree you need to be it's it's, um in marketing it's like um you always have to you have to sell people what they want to give them what they really need is is a saying which i think can be used in it's like both for like good and evil like you can use that for an evil way because you can tell people like the skinny tea right you give people what they want um and they don't get what they need but you get what's like you in your mind you think you need by, by scamming the people but um as a coach it's always about 
understanding that, okay, these, they want to see weight loss. They want to like, you know, do all these things, blah, blah, blah. But like understanding that what they really need is confidence in what they're doing. And education and confidence is my biggest thing. Um, and then making sure that like people always feel confident, even if what they're doing isn't necessarily even as logical. It's like, I, I mean, I've had client, I had a client recently who um, started walking like 10 minutes a day and like swore that that 10 minutes of walking is like what got them to pivot. And now I personally knew that I knew that 10 minutes of walking also led to them being more on top of their nutrition and doing a, n- a number of other things. But in their mind, like that's what they, they knew in that moment. And I was like, that's awesome. Let's keep doing this walking. It's working. It's looking great. And then she started at one point she was like, Hey, like, I think I just realized like by me walking this 10 extra minutes, like I'm burning this many extra calories every day and doing this. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, that's the reason why, you know, I don't know. It's like, part of it is like letting people learn. It's like almost like guiding them for, as they are failing forward. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There has, there's definitely a better way to explain that. But um, I, I found that when that happens in a, in a client coach relationship, it's always magic. It always ends up, you're, you're helping that person through the struggle of learning this for themselves. But with that guide, with that guidance and with that kind of hand, it's almost like a safety net always of saying, Hey, no, you are on the right track. You are doing the right things. Yeah. And I think that's what every coach should strive for um, to be is to truly just educate and just keep on educating. There's really no stopping. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what my coaches taught me. Even, even though I follow directions to a literal key, it's more, he's also educating <laughs> on, me yeah. on what we are implementing. Um, so, you know, Carter, we're coming to the end here. Um, pretty sure you're a busy man. Um, I have a meal to go eat, to truly be honest. <laughs> um, you're on the regimen, man. Yeah, no, I'm trying. Uh, yeah, no, I ate like three hours ago, so I got to eat. Um, now, I don't want to take up more of your time, but um, we're heading to the end here. And, you know, if you listen to any of the episodes, I do the same three questions um, mm-hmm. kind of to give people kind of a little background behind you and stuff like that. So first one is like, what three things do you want people to leave with uh, from listening to this episode? Got it. Okay, man. Should have been on top of this. Um, I'll say the three things that I want people to leave with is one is to to remember that like you need to be happy first, right? You need to take care of yourself. I think that's like, I'm going to, I'm actually going to use some of the lessons I feel like maybe we've learned during our conversation. Right. And so this is something that you and I can speak to is like your happiness is important. I think is the first thing uh, because that allows you to obviously be happy, but it lets you be the happiness and the, 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 the light in other people's lives is the first one. I think the second one is to trust your gut um, and if something feels right to do it. So for you, it was like moving to, um, you know, uh, DC, right. And starting and, and working for that company and doing that for me, it was moving to Florida, dropping out of college and making that happen. And I think the third is to realize that everything, everything can move you forward if you choose, choose it to move you forward. And by that, I mean, whether it's for you, maybe you can look back and think about all the times you've maybe screwed up different podcasts, like plugging things in and like maybe like realizing, Oh, why didn't I ask better questions during that earlier podcast? Like recognizing that, like you can always be moving forward if you choose to learn from it. And the way I, a good way to remember it is there are no wins and losses. There's only wins and lessons. And if you choose to use life as a lesson when they're down, doesn't mean you can't be upset. doesn't mean you can't, you know, be frustrated when things don't work out, but if you can breathe, take a moment to recognize, okay, what am I not seeing here? What, can be better from this now moving forward, then you're only going to, you know, keep moving forward in your life. So those would be my three. Awesome. 
Uh, next one also might kind of trip you up. Uh, what three books and or podcasts would you recommend everybody either read or listen to? Okay, awesome. So I won't use this podcast as a cop out, right? So if you're listening to this podcast, you already got this one down. Books, Atomic Habits, without a doubt, yeah. um, huge one. Um, I would say, so that's one of the books. Oh man, um, trying you to can make it here. a mix. Usually, you can make it a mix. I know. I'm thinking podcast. I mean, this feels like a cop out, but Joe Rogan. I mean, one of the only reasons. Um, actually, I'm gonna. I'm going to say no to Joe Rogan. I'm actually going to say Tim Ferriss podcast. Yeah. Um, just because I think that even if like, I, I love listening to those types of podcasts, even if like the conversation is something I'm not even interested in, I just think that there are so many lessons you learn from just like hearing high caliber people talk about high caliber things. Yeah. Um, and it just like, you know, keeps, keeps life interesting. I think it keeps like, keeps you wanting, wanting to like grow and move forward. And it kind of reminds you that like to get out of your own head and realize there's a lot going on in this world. Um, and then the third, I want to finish with a book. Um, and this is going to be more so focused towards business. Um, I would read the book Essentialism um, is, is the book I'd recognize. And uh, have you ever read that book? I've heard of it. I haven't read it though. Okay, I have a lot. A- I have a lot of books. I've had a lot of guests. There's been a lot of yeah, books. I've probably get that question. Yeah. But, I, there's, but there's a lot of books I've yet to read. And yeah. you know, it just keeps adding up. So eventually I'm going to get to all these yeah. books at some point. Yeah, I'll hook you up with a tool. I'll hook you up with a tool so that you can read these books and retain them. I'll, I'll say it in a minute. But with essentialism, it's great because most people live reactionary lives where they are just like reacting what's happening around them. And essentialisms, it's, it's kind of geared towards business, but it can be geared towards life. It for me has really helped me with being able to say no and realize that me saying yes when I didn't want to say yes is actually worse than me saying no and, and, and being true. Because while you may upset people when you say no, at least then they'll respect you, right? If you, if you, cause they show that you respect your time. I'm um, also essentialism is about not letting your, like not splitting focus and like really putting all of your focus towards one thing that you know is the most important thing in your life. And then sort of outsourcing the other things in business that's easy to talk about in life it might be um other things but um i don't know like that book is just really good for like helping you really pay attention to what really matters most in your life and then being okay with saying no in order for you to like you know do your best work with your family with your work or whatever it is so awesome uh and last one last but not least time for you to shameless plug yourself uh um, oh yeah your 15 to one minute second to fame here, <laughs> i guess you would say oh, yeah. um where can people find you if they want to look at your content yeah. uh coaching anything that you want to shout out uh now's the time to do it yes so um probably the best place to to go consume some content is on instagram um so it's just carter good is my handle for everything so if you're on youtube type in carter good facebook Carter Good, Instagram, Carter Good, just my name's everywhere. I spend most of my time right now on Instagram and Twitter on the path to doing a podcast, maybe if I can fight that resistance and actually make it happen um, and not beat myself up over it. So podcasts in the future. Um, but yeah, those are probably the three best places um, to, to hear from me. So Awesome. Um, I'll put all those down in the show notes for everybody so you can find them pretty easily. And last but not least, um, before we let Carter go, um, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, please tag Carter and I. Take a screenshot, tag Carter and I on your Instagram stories. Um, we appreciate you guys listening to the episode. If you made it this far, as I said before, I don't get why people listen to this, but if you do, uh, share some love, share some love, and uh, we'll be sure to share some love back. So uh, everybody, thank you. 
thank you, Carter, for coming on the show, number one. Absolutely, man. And thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Ace of Spada podcast.